Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and pets that are important to you. I'm going to apologize right at the top of the monologue for my voice. My wife and my daughter and myself caught the Indie Rock Road Trip Tour last night, which consisted of the bands Joyce Manor, Future Islands, and Weezer. I sang very loudly and very passionately along with every song I recognized, and by the end of the night my voice was wrecked. Was it a smart thing of me to do, knowing I had to record the podcast the next day? No, it was not. But uh, great music will sometimes move you to do not-so-smart things. On a brighter note, I'm pleased to announce that while brushing my teeth one morning last week, I was struck with a plot for a manuscript I hope to write, barring any as-yet-unforeseen life-altering occurrences, in November of this year. Why November? Well, it's because it's National Novel Writing Month, and that's when I like to do it. I consider myself very lucky, as I was somehow miraculously divined with the beginning, middle, and ending to a story. I even have the title, which I will withhold from sharing at this time, because it's so good, I'm scared someone might steal it. Now, assuming I stay on this side of the dirt, and a piano doesn't fall from a tall building onto my head, destroying my capacity to think properly and write competently, uh, I will compose a new story in November, uh, edit it, throughout the majority of 2024 and deliver it to the world in late summer or early fall of next year. That would be novel number 12 for me. I'm in the home stretch for number 11 now, which should hopefully be available for purchase sometime in August. That one is uh, going to be titled Jade Suede. Until then, if you're dying for a great summer read and you'd like to help support myself and the show monetarily, please consider purchasing any or all of my books. There are no ads on this podcast, and there is no Patreon set up for it, but I am the author of 10 self-published novels that are all currently available worldwide in both paperback and ebook formats via Amazon. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find and purchase all 10 of my titles in ebook format at Google Play. Just search my last name, which is spelled M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you'll find me on Google Play. If you've already purchased any or all of my stories, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. Just a touch of my burning hand I don't live my life to destroy your world 
I'm the Raptors, exterminate the whole race on your face. Drops in a pile of bliss and then you up, up, pounds in the pumps and death. I'm the Raptors, exterminate in this whole place. Well, all I wanted to say and all I gotta do, who'd I do this for, hate me or you? And all I wanted to say and all I gotta do, who'd I do this for, hate me or you? Hello, people are the enemy listeners. This is episode 287 of The Greatest Show on Earth. Would you listen to anything else? Maybe. Would it be as good? Not a chance. Would you believe I'm playing Casey and the Sunshine Band to start the show? Right after the Misfits? Would you believe both songs came out the same year? It's true. Don't worry. I know my voice sounds awful, but I've got help today. Sing it, Casey. All right, I got to take it down. (laughs) Shut it off entirely. Hello, darling. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Okay, let let me move things around here so you can... You get right up on that mic. I sincerely appreciate you being here because uh, my voice is shot. And uh, people like you on the show. That's very nice. Yes, it's good to see you. You're looking lovely today. That's, I apologize. That's not true, but thank you. I, it's true. It's absolutely true. I, uh, I apologize for the, um, the studio. It's very hot in here. Uh, even though it wasn't terribly hot today, it, it's uh, it's still humid. I'm okay. Oh, good, good. I I got a question for you. This is okay. something I was thinking about um, today. Um, mm. uh, is uh, you know like how we have countertops that are like made of granite, right? They're they're rock, right? Yes. We live in the granite state, mm-hmm. right? We got uh, granite granite countertops. I'm not trying not bragging. It was pretty pretty reasonable. They're, well, we should we should mention their granite tiles. The granite not tiles, like yeah. Full which my brother-in-law said, it's cheaper. Go buy these cheap granite tiles. They're very inexpensive, and I will install them for you, which we did years ago. But uh, my my point in asking you this was, um, I will cut things right on the granite tile. No. What? Why is that? A no. Why would you do that if we have cutting boards? Because here's the thing, like. <clears throat> And again, excuse me for the, the voice, okay? Um, but I was making tea today, and I was putting lemon in it because I was trying to fix my voice before we recorded the show. And I was cutting up some lemons, and I said, why Why am I going to, like, dirty, like, an entire cutting board for, like, one lemon? Because. Because why? Like, what? what is the harm of, like, a knife hitting the... The rock. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's not rock rock. It's not like rough rock. It's, what is it? It's like polished stone, right? It's smooth, but it might dull the knife over time if you're doing this over and over again. As I opposed mean, I know, And I know you have to sharpen knives, but like, I, I would prefer not. As opposed to like a cutting board, that won't dull a knife? 
Over time, it does, but it's not like I. I just don't. I like because like in my mind, I'm like, oh my god, I I'm gonna. I know my wife would kill me if she saw me doing this, but I'm I'm really gonna pull out like, what um like a two foot by foot and a half cutting board to cut one lemon. It feels like overkill. Respect my kitchen. This is this is your space. <laughs> this is your space. Your, it's true. Your, your tower. Yes, your your people and are I the will enemy respect tower. Respect this space. I'm gonna have some and water. You know the kitchen is my space. So, <laughs> if, <laughs> if I ask you not to do something, maybe maybe just respect that, so or at just, least don't do it when I'm around. You would never know if I. I would have done never it. known. I've caught you and can doing I tell you things, something? and I've I've. Here's I've, a question for you. What's that? Okay. Why not just use a paper plate? You could. Right. That's not actually right on the granite. It's kind of a waste of the paper plate. It's though. a, but it would be like to me. It, it it's one one lousy paper plate, like to cut a lemon on and then dispose of it, as opposed to like doing like a, a lemon on, like I said, like a much larger cutting board and then having to wash it. It seems like work wise, it would just be. It would make sense. You just toss out the plate. But how difficult is it to wash a cutting board, especially if there's lemon juice on it? It's not difficult. It's just like. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put some soap on the sponge and then you gotta wash it, you know, and then you gotta rinse it and then you put it in the, the, the drying rack, but then your hands are wet. You know, it's just like a lot. What, like 10 <laughs> seconds of your life? Yeah, yeah <laughs> 10 seconds rather than just throw out like a, like cut it on a paper plate and throw out the plate two seconds later. I'm just saying, I didn't get my grimace shake this weekend and I'm bullsh- I almost said the S word. I can't believe you want a famous show. <laughs> I can't believe you want anything from McDonald's. I think, like, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, listening. My wife and my daughter and myself, as I mentioned, we went to this show last night. And it was so much fun. It had been, like, what, months since I bought those tickets. Yes. It was like as if it was never going to come. And then all of a sudden it was here. And it was a nice day, thankfully, because today was super rainy. And it was outdoors. And it was in Worcester, which is a hole. Oh my God! Wouldn't you agree? Um. Yeah, but it was it was it was pleasant to walk around Worcester. A little more pleasant than I expected it to be. I mean, there was you know a lot of litter, which was disappointing. That's that's my a point. I don't you know. I, I'm not saying the people were awful or. Um, but it smelled nice. It it wasn't like it was. Stinky, even with the humidity no. and, and the the heat that we've been having. Maybe the streets of smell Worcester bad. smelled okay because we had to walk like a it block. Smelled better than New York City. But, but I'll tell you what, and you mentioned this too, and I I understand. Like if you're going to be at a show outdoors, people are going to imbibe, and when I say imbibe, I mean they're going to puff the jiba. But they searched us. We literally got patted down. Yeah. Before going in. Yes. And my bag, and I'm assuming every other bag that was brought into the venue, was searched thoroughly. Like, she <laughs> unzipped everything. So we're... Because here's the thing. So how'd they get it in? No, the show was... We got there... We, well, first of all, we got there at 6 o'clock. The show was supposed to start... The doors were at 6. The show probably started at 7, right? So we got there just yeah. after 6. And driving to... 
the venue, we were discussing uh, what was allowed in, and no one really knew, so I looked it up, and that's how I found out that they had no parking. So we had to... Yeah, we had to park in a garage. We had to park in a garage. But like I said, we and were parked there for five hours. That, Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. But the thing is... It's is like that four dollars an hour. We technically didn't leave our parking spot. Till midnight. So it was even like... <laughs> for another hour. <laughs> so like three dollars an hour. Yeah. Basically what we paid for parking. Um, but my point in bringing all that up was the smells. And I was going to say like, yeah, I understand people are going to imbibe. And you're outdoors and people are going to puff the chiba. <laughs> Which is what I'm... This is a colloquialism for uh, smoking marijuana, if you couldn't figure that out. Which is legal in Massachusetts, yes, but where it's the show not is. legal in public. Right, you're not supposed to do so it in public. But here's public. the thing, like, and I like expected to smell it, but not through, like, a, like, all five hours of the show. Like you said, like, how the hell did people, like, bring in... <laughs> were people just, like, holding on to it or just really using it sparingly? Um. I don't know. Well, our kid mentioned that maybe they just had it in their, their carts, in the, their vape carts, and they just said it's just nicotine. Oh. So, is that I, how like, how, how can you tell? How, do you, how would someone you tell can, that it wasn't? So, in Massachusetts, you can buy, like, marijuana cartridges at, like, a pot store to, like, put into those, yes. those vape pens? Yes, you can. Oh. All right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anyway, show was great. The show was amazing. I, you know, I'm I, I'm a man of a certain age. I've been going to shows for a very long time. I'd say it was in the top three best shows I've ever seen in my life. I was so impressed and had so much fun. And uh, I was so glad that we were able to get in this into the city, out of the city. I'd say home at a decent hour, but one p one a.m. does not seem like a decent hour. <laughs> <laughs> But it was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. And what a show. Holy smokes. It, I'm not going to spoil it. I'll just say this. Look, my wife, she does not like secrets. She does not like surprises. I was going to say she doesn't like secrets. She does not like surprises. So she peeked at the set list beforehand to see what the band had been playing. I did not want to see the set list beforehand. I just said, knowing what you know about me, will I be happy? And she said, yes. And she was absolutely right. It was... But the set list that I saw was from a previous show on this tour, right. and it was different. So when I slightly saw, different, yeah, slightly. When I saw the set list, I was like, "Oh, I was happy." But we're talking about Weezer, song, obviously. <clears throat> the one song that I really, really wanted to hear live was not on the set list, so I was like, a little sad. And then we went to the show, and they played it. They yeah. played the song that I really wanted. Yeah, they changed it, it up. So beautiful. Surprise. So you tried to avoid a surprise and still got a surprise. Mm -hmm. And you were psyched. Yeah. Yeah, because at one point, Rivers, and he even said this, Rivers Cuomo, lead singer, guitarist, for, songwriter for Weezer, said, um, this is the part of the show where I like to have a little space for improvisation to pull out a, a song, um, like a special song. And then he told the story and then played the song that my wife mm -hmm. absolutely loves. Uh, that was pretty cool. What else did he do? Uh, without giving anything away. Okay, he did talk to the audience quite a bit, and that was great. I was surprised, because I considered him kind of introverted. But uh, he did talk to the audience quite a bit. At one point, he took a picture of us. 
<laughs> which was kind of fun. With a Polaroid. With a Polaroid camera. Yeah. And the opening acts were great, too. Joyce Manor was, was great. They seemed very, very happy to be so appreciated. And uh, the crowd seemed to be very into them. And they seemed, uh, more than anything, they just seemed like glad to be acknowledged. Because I'm sure it's not easy opening up a show in broad daylight and trying to get a crowd that are still coming into the venue interested in what they're doing. But I think a lot of people, like I saw at least like three people in Joyce Manor shirts just walking in. So I'm like, oh, this was a good audience for these, this band. And then Future Islands was amazing. But I will say, like having not heard their albums, like after about 30, like they play for what, like close to an hour? After about 35 minutes, the songs kind of sounded the samey to me. Like, did you notice that too? <laughs> did you uh, feel that way? No, I didn't get that vibe, oh. but it, I was just, I think, maybe just too focused on his performance. Oh, yeah. Because he was, he was moving. If you've ever seen Future Islands, you know what uh, Julie's talking about. The The lead singer will pound his chest. He'll growl. He'll, uh, he'll gyrate. He'll gyrate. He'll pound <laughs> he'll the ground. Wiggle. He'll do like a like an ape walk. <laughs> Basically, he, he does. He puts on a hell of a show. He was very intent on giving everything he got, and he absolutely did. But it was it was he amazing. He performed with his entire body. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. He's doing kicks. Yeah. And the crowd seemed very appreciative, and the crowd uh, seemed to like be mimicking like his hand motions and stuff at points, in appreciation. And I don't think it was mockingly. I think it was more like a sign of, we like what you're doing, keep doing it. And then, of course, Weezer was just incredible. That and I a... lost my mind. Oh, my God. That was, yeah. Should we move on to another topic now? Sure. I was just going to say that, and you know, what you just said was probably a missed opportunity to quote the Jerky Boys again last night. Yeah, the crowd say? seemed to love it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you want to talk about next? you want to talk about something else? Um... Right. What would you like Anything on your mind? About? Well, you know, like I said, I was disappointed that I didn't get a grimace shake because my my daughter was like, "I'll buy you a grimace shake today." Today. What What do you like about McDonald? Like, what makes you think that that would be good? I, well, I like ice and cream. That make you sick. All right, let's first of all hang on. Topic changing music time. Okay. okay. All right. Here's why. Okay. Okay. No, I'm not crazy about McDonald's. There's only like, like I can eat the fries there and I can eat uh, filet of fish sandwiches. But other than that, I'm, I'm, do they have salads still at McDonald's? Is that still a thing? Their fish is square. What fish is square? Square. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about that Grimace shake. Okay. First of all, people are talking about it. Right? A lot of people are very interested in the Grimace Shake. They're excited about it. I love ice cream. I love milkshakes. Does everybody that's listening it's know purple. what the, the Grimace Shake is? Do you even know who Grimace is? What, does everybody know who Grimace is? Do you think? It's, like, it seems like right now, like, this is this is a thing. This is a... What, people are very what is it. Grimace? What... Oh, what is he? What is... What is... It. What is he? You know, first of all, like a grimace is not like a nice thing. Like to grimace means to like frown. Like you're in, no, it kind of like, like you're trying to smile, but you're in pain. I think I, that's what grimace. Means. Hey Siri, what does grimace mean? 
As a noun, grimace means an ugly, twisted expression on a person's face, typically expressing disgust, pain, or wry amusement. Do you want to hear the remaining one? Yes. As a verb, it means make a grimace. <laughs> make a grimace. Disgust and pain, I guess, associated with a, a yeah. To food grimace, chain to makes grimace sense. means like if somebody was like hurt, they'd be like, oh, like a grimace. It's not like a good thing. No. Somebody told me that my cousin John, who is like a pop culture junkie and has knowledge of all things esoteric, said grimace was originally a villain. Mm. <laughs> That's what he was telling me. So that would make sense. Like grimace would be an appropriate name. Who was the other villain? In the the Hamburglar. The Hamburglar. Yeah. Remember they tried to reboot the Hamburglar recently? No. How? Like They had like, well, remember it was like a, a fellow in a goofy mask with with um, protruding teeth and like funny ears. Remember? He was kind of silly looking. Well, they I tried... just remember, was there a black and white striped shirt? Or yes. Yes. Yeah, they, they tried to reboot the Hamburglar recently, but it was like a handsome man in like a... Uh, what's called the domino mask, like the black, you know, mask with the eyes, and he was kind of like. <laughs> that sounds gross and creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but here's here's a, the interest in the grimace shake. Uh, first of all, it's purple, which to me means like, crepe, right? Anything purple, right? I associate with a grape flavored mm-hmm. something or other, and I like grape, you know. And I like shakes. And I'm interested. I'm curious. But uh, it was not to be. Why don't you buy yourself one? Because I have three dollars. Okay. And I need like five. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you laughing? It's true. Here's the thing. It's like, I don't want to bust out a credit card for a Grimace shake. Okay. I've got three ones in my wallet. I had a five, but I I bought a Razzleberry tea with it. That was for like a dollar sixty nine, and then I thought we were gonna need we might need the cash for the toll yesterday, so I was like I can't be buying a grimace shake, but my daughter I know has plenty of cash, so I was like oh maybe my daughter will buy us grimace shakes. Nope. And then today was like, and I asked her because I said is it like is it like because you feel like you're buying me something unhealthy, and I think that's what it is. I think she feels like buying her father a grimace shake is like buying her father like a pack of cigarettes. You know what I mean? It might be worse. <laughs> Just saying. Oh god. Okay, I'm really I'm really apologizing here. I'm apologizing for the the voice. I hope it doesn't mm. take too long to come back. Does it hurt? No, it doesn't hurt. That's good. Yeah, I feel like it's. Excuse me. <laughs> I feel like it's better than this morning. It's it's. We're recording the show in the evening. I waited all day, cause I ju- and I just tried not to talk, and then I. Drank. But he talked all day. <laughs> no, here's the thing. First thing this morning, the first thing I thought of when I woke up was like Weezer, and I like a Weezer song was in my head, yeah. and then I started listening to Weezer right away, and I was like, oh my god, is Weezer now my favorite band? What is happening? Which is which isn't a bad thing. They're great. But I was just shocked, like I wasn't Weezered out from 90 minutes of Weezer last night. And then Weezer on the way to the show, Weezer on the way home from the show, Weezer, Weezer, Weezer. But then walking the dog, I listened to an entire Weezer album this morning. Then I got home, you got up, 
the first thing you did was put on Weezer in like the in the kitchen, and I'm yeah. hearing like the Pinkerton album, <laughs> and then you come in and you're like looking at the set list from last night and asking me questions, and I was like, I can't believe this. And then our daughter came downstairs, and I the first day I said good morning. I said, What are you thinking of right now? And she said, What am I thinking of? And I said, Yeah. And she said, Weezer. <laughs> I was like, Oh my god, what other band has had that effect on somebody? Like mostly, like I'll listen, I'll like go to a show, see a band. Will I get up like the next morning and listen to them? Maybe. But three people all doing it? Wow, it's powerful stuff. Music is powerful. We had a great time. It was a great time. Keep the party going. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for doing the show with me today. You're welcome. Thanks for helping me out because uh, um, my voice does not sound good, and I appreciate your. I think it sounds good. It's just not. It's not me. Fully there. Yeah. Well, I'm going to hand things off right now to our friend, Rachel from Des Moines, and she is going to give you the charge chat. So, without any further ado, take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat for another week. Thanks to everyone who listened last week. I got some nice comments from Christine, Sherry, Jill, Jeffrey, and Tavy. And the last two mentioned also had suggestions for future segments. So thanks for sharing your ideas. One more thing from last week. Alert Playlist followers may have noticed a song that I didn't talk about. This was an error in the writing process by me. That song was Deeper Than the Night by Olivia Newton-John from her 10th album, Totally Hot. It was a follow-up to A Little More Love, and it peaked at number 11. The album was produced by John Farrar, who had worked with ONJ pre-Grease and wrote songs for her from her albums and for Grease and for Xanadu. Our 80s chart from last week was June 19th of 1982. At number 89, we have No One Like You by Scorpions. That would make it to number 65. That was the first single by Scorpions to chart in the U.S., and it was from their eighth studio album, Blackout. The group formed in Hanover, Germany in 1965, and they had their first album in 1972. Uh, Their breakthrough came in 1979 with the album Love Drive, which is known for having the bubblegum titty kind of cover art. Um, singles from that one charted in the UK and the album itself charted in the US. The group is still together and original member uh, Rudolf Schenker on guitar and rhythm guitar is still with them as well as Klaus Meine who joined as a singer in 1969. At number 67 is the song Cutie Pie by the group One Way that made it to number 61 as well as number 4 on the R&B chart. One Way uh, was an R&B funk band from Detroit. They started out as Al Hudson and the Soul Partners, then One Way featuring Al Hudson, and then finally as One Way. Cutie Pie from, came from their album Who's Foolin' Who, and the song features the auxiliary percussion instrument, the Flexitone, and I found this really cool YouTube playlist that has uh, many songs which feature the Flexitone, and the song was also used in the Grand Theft Auto V soundtrack. At number 51 is Nice Girls by the group Eye to Eye. That made it to number 37. This is a duo of an American singer, Deborah Berg, and a British pianist, Julian Marshall. They released a non-album single in 1980 that got the attention of producer Gary Katz, known for his work with Steely Dan. He produced their self-titled debut, which features Nice Girls, and this was their only top 40 appearance, but one later song did hit the Hot 100. At number 49 is Love Plus One by the group Haircut 100. 
that made it to number 31. And I'm mainly including this for the MST3K reference, but this is a cute little song. Uh, Haircut 100 were a British new wave group who had four top 10 singles in the UK, but their only chart in appearance in the US was Love Plus One. And I file this one as similar to Dig In Your Scene. Like, not to be mean, but it just feels like it exists to be on 80s compilations that are advertised on TV. And I must say, I really do like the name. And I read that it was from a list of suggestions and it made the guys in the group laugh the most. That's why they picked it. At number 29 is the song Forget Me Nots by Patrice Russian. That made it to number 23. It was a number four R&B hit and hit number two on the dance charts. Uh, this one you may know as being the source of the sample from the title track from Men in Black. She has received a songwriting credit on the song. Patrice uh, is a musician and singer from Los Angeles. She started playing the piano at age three, and she was initially known as a jazz pianist. That was her first album, but then after that she expanded into fusion, R&B, and funk. Forget Me Nots comes from her seventh album, Straight From The Heart. This was her only top 40 pop appearance, but had two more in the Hot 100 and many R&B hits. And I saw a really cool interview with her on American Bandstand with Dick Clark on YouTube. At number 27 is Do I Do by Stevie Wonder. That make it to number 13. It was a number one dance hit and hit number two on the R&B chart. This is a new song from the compilation double album Stevie Wonder's Original Musicarium. It was one of four new tracks for the compilation. The others were Frontline, Ribbon in the Sky, and That Girl. The single version of Do I Do is just over five minutes, and then the album version is over ten minutes long, and has a trumpet solo from Dizzy Gillespie and a rap from Stevie Wonder. And he did the lead vocals, piano, harmonica, and horn arrangements for the song. For the 70s this week, we're in June 19th of 1971. Starting off at number 94 with a band name song album trifecta, which is Brooklyn funk group Mandrill with their song Mandrill off their debut album Mandrill. Number 94 was the peak for this one. It was one of three singles to make the Hot 100 that the group had. The band was started by the Wilson brothers, Carlos, Rick, and Lou, who were born in Panama and grew up in the Bedford-Stuyvesant neighborhood of Brooklyn. The group is still together and their latest release came out in 2020 and was called Back in Town. This is just a really great funky song, nice instrumental, I think you really enjoy it. Uh, next up I want to talk about two different groups with a connection between them. At number 82 is the song Hey Love by the Delphonics, that would make it to number 52. Number 59 is Stop, Look, Listen and then in parentheses To Your Heart by the Stylistics which made it to number 39. The Delphonics are a Philly soul group originally called the Orphonics who got together in the 60s and worked with producer and arranger Tom Bell and they had hits like La La Means I Love You and Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time. The Delphonics are also known as the favorite group of Jackie Brown as portrayed by Pam Greer in the movie of the same name. So Tom Bell did three albums with the Delphonics, but for the fourth, which has Hey Love, he was no longer working with them because he had moved on to the Stylistics, who were also from Philadelphia. And so they're on the chart this week for the song from their debut self-titled album, which in addition to being produced by Bell, that album had eight of nine songs written by Tom Bell and his songwriting partner, Linda Creed. 
So when I would hear songs by the Stylistics and hear that name, and I would try to jog my memory and remember if they were the group from Jackie Brown, it's no wonder with this Tom Bell connection and he kind of brought that same sound that had been successful for the Delphonics, brought that over to the Stylistics. And so as the 70s went on, the Stylistics would go on to have hits with songs such as You Are Everything, Bet You By Golly Wow, Break Up To Make Up, and in 1974, You Make Me Feel Brand New. So I, I don't, maybe there's people that really care for one over the other. I think they both have a great sound and very enjoyable. In between those two at number 65 is I Am I Said by Neil Diamond. That would make it to number four. And this one, it comes up in those bad song survey uh, columns that I have read for you, the Dayberry columns. Uh, so I just thought I'd throw it on the chart picks as an opportunity for you to listen and judge for yourself. This was Neil Diamond's third top five hit and one of seven overall he had. At number 23 is the song Funky Nassau by the group Beginning of the End. That made it to number 15. It was a number seven R&B hit and it even hit number 31 in the UK. Like Mandrill, this was another family band. Uh, it also included uh, you know, non-family members in the group. Uh, started by Frank, Raphael, uh, Ray, and Roy Munnings from Nassau, Bahamas. And Wikipedia says that the group played in the genres such as Goombe, which is a Bahamanian music, Calypso, R&B, Latin music, and jazz. And then, of course, it's being, you know, funk for Funky Nassau. Uh, they released four singles in all, and this was the only chart appearance. Uh, this song has a great groove and some really cool drum breaks, and I read that it's been sampled by over 20 artists, including The Prodigy and The Roots. Finally, from the 70s this week, at number 12 is a song called When You're Hot, You're Hot by Jerry Reed. That made it to number 9. I wanted to include this one for people who liked Amos Moses, which was also a top 10 pop hit for Jerry Reed. Uh, though I would say hot is not quite as funky as that other one. The When You're Hot, You're Hot was his first country number one single. And as I was doing a little research on Jerry Reed, I was kind of bummed out to learn that Eastbound and Down had only made the Hot 100 bubbling under on the pop side, but it was a number two country hit for him. So I gotta say, what's up with that? 1977. You can't have room for one more soundtrack song in there? Come on. Well, I, that's all the time for me this week. Thanks so much for listening. Back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel. As always, awesome stuff. This has been episode 287 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. Thank you, Julie Mascola. Have a happy and safe 4th of July. We love you. Peace.